the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Intelligent. Conservative. The answer. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Yes, indeedy. It is hump day. Rolling into uh, the weekend here, getting over that hump tonight. Glad you guys are joining me as we roll over the hump on tonight's Andrea K show. Got a great show lined up for you guys here. We've got Todd Benzman, who is a little difficult for us to get sometimes. He's a border expert, and he is going to be here. He's literally written books about it recently. And has the greatest information and truth and data and facts and figures as to what's going on in the border. And so I'm super excited to have him on tonight at the bottom half of the hour because he's going to be sharing everything that we need to know uh, that the media, legacy media, is trying to hide from you, including what the role of the U.S. military will be when they get down there. We've, of course, have continued economic news. And next hour, we'll get to that with Financial Thought Doctor. We've got breaking news in the attempt to break the will and the future of Tucker Carlson while he's still under contract and unable to defend himself. And that's really important. That's an incredibly important story. In fact, I'm disappointed that Ron DeSantis hasn't weighed in on it because the suppression of truth in this country is the way for them to to uh, control the message you control minds. I hate repeating myself, but I think it bears repeating because I think that um, – stories like this oftentimes get misconstrued as to they want to make it be about the person involved versus the bigger picture issue that we've got. So we've got that to chat about tonight. And of course, while, you know, all the knob owning is happening to try to destroy Tucker, what story is everybody not talking about tonight? They're not talking about, at least in the legacy media, what was the bombshell revelations today by Chuck Grassley and Comer, who are in the House Oversight Committee about Hunter Biden. Uh, I do want to begin with some breaking good news, though. Good news in the sense that the manhunt is over for the shooter in Atlanta who shot up a hospital today. He has been brought into custody uh, without incident. Um, I, sometimes I hate hearing without incident because this is why I couldn't be a cop, because I don't think that I could bring that custody, that um, dude suspect in Custody without the incident involving me cracking a, a billy club over their head, right? Um, but hey, that's just me. <laughs> How about you? 888-344-1170 if you want to weigh in and be a part of the show. I've got, a, got an interesting social commentary culture question to share with you guys to, to, to ask your thoughts on. So 888-344-1170. I'll get to that question in a moment. You can email me at andreakshow.com. We're not streaming live on Facebook Live tonight. 
scratch my right eye again and I just didn't need to deal with the lights and all that stuff because tomorrow I'm going to be a master of ceremonies at the National Day of Prayer and I don't want to be having to wear a pirate's patch. All right, got to bring in this man who keeps me rolling every night of the week, no matter what I do to my eyeball. It's DJ Potato Skins. Arr, Andrea, how are you? Arr. <laughs> I know I came in and I told some other peeps here that I scratched my eye again. They're like, what'd you do this time? I'm like, I don't even know. I do not even know what I did. I think you just look furious with the patch. I know, right? But what I, mean, I need to I would, get If me- you were a pirate, I would not want to mess with you. Then I would feel like, okay, I got the patch. Thank you for that, by the way. But if I feel like I've got the patch, then I would feel like I needed to have a hook on a hand. I would need to have some kind of <laughs> weapon, right? Wouldn't you know, or like at least a ruffle shirt. Your weapons are your words, Andrew Ooh. K. Ooh, I like that. Pirate AK. <laughs> All right, here was my social question for you guys that I'm going to throw out there and you can call anytime throughout tonight's show and answer this question. And I put it out there today and got interesting responses. And I put, it's going to say on my tombstone, she thought for herself, she didn't subscribe to groupthink. And I think that's, and, and it's it's not really meant to be what's literally going to be on your tombstone. It's really more about how do you live your life to the degree to where people are going to remember you in such a way, right? Um, I would say my entire life is based on me thinking for myself and not subscribing to group things. So many times people ask me, how have you been right on all these issues? And it's because I don't subscribe to group think. Just because I may ask a bunch of girlfriends, hey, should I go with the wide leg jean or the straight leg jean? That's different than thinking for myself. I've always thought for myself, always asked a lot of questions. I've never just accepted what's been told to me and which has frustrated many people in my life. So how do you want, what do you want on your tombstone to read? How do you want your life how do you? How has your life been conducted, and how do you want people to remember you? I think for me, now that I've thought about it, because you posed it right before the show, mm-hmm. just that he stood up for his kids no matter what, because my kids have actually been through probably more than most kids should ever have to bear, and I've been through through it with them every step of the way, and that's what I want to be remembered for. And you know what? That will not end, even though they're grown. No. It, Still goes on. Still goes on. So that's a great that's a great thing to be remembered. And I think it's important that we think about these things sometimes because we can all get so buried into the news. We're going to get to that and update you guys on what's happening. But we still have our lives to lead and we still have to lead them in a certain way. And we all have a purpose in our life. And I, we all hope that we fulfill the purpose that God has given to us. And I think that that's why I was wired to think for myself. I think that that's just why why God wanted me this way. And I think that I'm fulfilling the purpose God had for me. And I don't subscribe to groupthink. Um, neither does Tucker Carlson. And that's one of the reasons why they're out to destroy him. Because one of the things they cannot have is people thinking for themselves. You know, I wasn't the hugest Tucker fan, to be honest. But the more that comes out about this story, I'm becoming one. Because if you think about what was the main driver in COVID, it was about... And cancel culture and um, all the demonetization. It's Ultimately, it's not just about silencing people, but why do they want to silence people? Why did Mao do struggle sessions? Always ask why. Well, why, well, absolutely. And the answer really is, if you look at Mao's Red Guard and the struggle sessions, it's because they've got to, they've got to eliminate independent thought. They've got to eliminate 
in, you know, certainly any expressions of opposition, that's true, because they've got to establish for the left to transform us from a constitutional republic to a communist state. They've got to beat every last bit of independent thought and value and virtue and desire and ambition right out of us. And Tucker dared to think for himself and do something different. Hannity has shown that he's just a phony. I mean, Hannity's not. It's, you, it, does it, anybody think that Hannity is an independent thinker? The last time I listened to him was in June of 2020 when he and Dr. Oz were so far up Fauci's hiney and Hannity couldn't talk about mask and this and, the, and he wanted every building you went into New York to be taking your temperature. And I thought, man, you were never a conservative. You're nothing but a phony. And that's why he's still at Fox News today. He's not an independent thinker. Then most important cable news, and neither was really Bill O'Reilly, which is why Bill O'Reilly, after Fox fired Bill O'Reilly, why uh, Fox stuck around because Bill O'Reilly was never the free thinker. He was never the independent voice. He was never the voice of the working man uh, that he pretended to be. And it was obvious, right? His show was actually, and that's why when he left, it didn't change any, anything at Fox. Tucker was truly a voice of independent thought apart from the network. It's why people still watched Fox. Um, even after the election, they called Arizona, the push, the move to the left and all that was because he was an independent voice and he was speaking the truth. And now after firing him, yet keeping him on the payroll because he was an independent thinker, when that didn't work, when they thought they were going to silence him for two years through the election, keep him on the payroll, yet not give him a platform, he's got an NDA, it didn't work for him, right? So now they've got to come out and they've got to completely try to destroy him personally and try to have him persecuted publicly, right? And they're going after him in a way nobody even went after O.J. Simpson, really, if you think about it, right? When he got away with murdering uh, uh, Nicole and Ron Goldman, right? And so the latest is, so then they, they released a video yesterday that didn't work right because that was stupid. What was the video they released yesterday? It didn't even, it was like a nothing burger. Oh, it was him saying to somebody at Fox, your Fox Nation site stinks. It's a joke. Well, yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. It was stupid. They thought that they were going to hurt his reputation by releasing a video in which he said, look, I don't care that you're, fo- you want to put it on Fox Nation. Your site stinks. Nobody's going to see it there. Just put it up on YouTube. And what it proved was what he cared about was getting the truth out. He's like, we work hard to do this content and I want it seen. And you know what? That showed that he cared that this was not just him, some dude showing up and throwing up. He actually cares about the content he created, which means that when you've been watching these segments, about him and the Jan 6 and the shots and Ukraine he meant it backfired on him right so then they released another video today of him complaining that he had spent 10 hours in a deposition and that he hated the attorney and that it bothered him that the the hate that he had towards the attorney uh, for Dominion what I'm supposed to think bad about him because he dropped the F-bomb and said he hated the attorney across it. You've been put through a 10-hour deposition to try to destroy you and the company you work for. You don't think you're going to have some negative feelings about the attorney who's putting you through it? I just sat in on a deposition where the where the person being deposed was reduced to a puddle. And you know what? I guarantee you that that person would have popped off on that attorney if they could have. I'm guaranteeing you there was some hate going on there. 
How are you going to how are you supposed to not have negative feelings towards somebody who's in the process of trying to destroy you? So that backfired on him. So then they had to trot out. Then Fox News had to leak to the New York Times personal private text messages of Tucker Carlson today. Really low. Personal private text messages. The message here is don't don't put anything in writing to anybody. And this was to a producer. But you know what? I think this is going to backfire as well. And we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to go through these text messages because the humanity that Tucker Carlson showed in these text messages, it's what's really standing out to a lot of people. It ain't working out for you, Fox. You're not going to be able to destroy him. Andrea K. Telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. So the uh, attempts to destroy the most important media person who is a truth teller uh, continues. Somebody put out this. You you said something during the break about wanting him, wanting Tucker to, you know, be the next big Twitter star. I mean, think about it. It, it. He could literally do, Andrea, what Trump did and do it with videos and do it every day and he will drive them nuts. Somebody put out to, to Elon Musk today that he needs to start a Twitter TV. Do it. That's what he needs to do. Do a Twitter TV. Absolutely. Um, you know, they're trying to smear him, which is not going to work. Here is Ilhan Omar calling Tucker Carlson the king of hate. Clip one. I mean, Tucker was uh, the king of hate um, and loved, uh, you know, fear mongering and, and picking on um, uh, immigrants and, and Muslims uh, in, in many cases. Um, you know, this was a man who obviously trafficked uh, the replacement theory. He was a, a man who was named um, in many of the manifestos of mass um, shooters that uh, specifically targeted uh, Muslims. What? So I, I, I can't tell you just how, um, you know, both both relieved uh, uh, and, and terrified I am um, of, of where he might end up and the kind of platform um, that he might uh, end up having. Um, it is uh, really hard uh, to to not, um, you know, make people understand um to, to make people understand just how dangerous this man was and how how many lives he risked with his hateful rhetoric on a daily basis. What absolute horse crap. What manifesto? And of course, if we had legacy media, if we actually had journalism anymore, for a free press that Joe Biden pretend he wants, that whoever was interviewing her would have said, what manifesto? You need to pull that out right now and show me what manifesto was out there with his name mentioned to go and mass uh, commit a mass terror attack or a mass attack on Muslims. Where was this mass attack on Muslim Muslims at all, let alone one with all, she mentioned multiple. His name was in all these manifestos of all these attacks against Muslims, she says. I'm not aware of any mass attack on Muslims. Are you? Not to my knowledge. There was a, a, a church full of Sikhs that was attacked a, a while back. I'm not aware of this. What mosque was attacked? By somebody toting around a manifesto talking about Tucker Carlson? 
That's insane. And by the way, this woman was was at an event up in L.A. raising money for an unindicted co-conspirator and the Holy Land Foundation trial who is a front group for Hamas. This woman literally raises money for terrorist organizations, and yet she's allowed to be a member of Congress, even on top of raising money for terrorist organizations. Oh, yeah, this is the same woman who married her brother in an illegal immigration scheme. But Tucker Carlson's the evil one. Here's what he said, by the way, in his text messages. On January 6th, he was texting a producer and he saw a group of Trump supporters beating up what he says was an Antifa kid. Now, why did he assume it was an Antifa kid? Because this was supposed to be all Trump supporters. So obviously the, the, the Trump supporters, we knew that Antifa had infiltrated. We knew on Jan 6th, the day of Jan 6th. So we know... Because, by the way, despite what the left will tell you, Antifa is far more organized. And if we had an attorney general under the Trump administration actually show up and be the AG, Bill Barr would have found out using RICO statutes and investigations just how organized they were by finding out who was funding all the hotel rooms, who was funding all the pallets of bricks that were showing up in advance, who was organizing all of it. But they didn't bother to do it. So Tucker was correct in assuming this was an Antifa kid. And he was surrounded by three or four um, young men. And he says three against one, at least. Jumping a guy like that is dishonorable, obviously. It's not how white men fight. Hmm. Is that racist? He says that's not how white men fight. Three against one. It's not how, how we do things. How is that racist? Is it implying that other people fight differently? Maybe, but what other people? I guess I, I, I guess I can fill in those dots for you. Because when you think about Black Lives Matter and the summer of, of love in, in 2020, what was primarily the color of the people that were burning down buildings, destroying buildings, beat, uh, 20 cops killed. What was the primary color of the people in the summer of 2020 trying to breach the White House, the grounds of the White House, when many Secret Service agents were attacked? What has been, when you look at the, the crime in Chicago on a weekly basis, the black-on-black crime, when you look just recently at the mobs, the mobs going in stores and snatching grabs, the mobs running around streets, beating up people of all colors and ages. Let's just have some straight talk. Are they white? Do we have occasionally, like in this instance here, white people in, 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 you know, in groups attacking people occasionally? But be honest. How about some honesty here that it is primarily being done by mobs of black people to the tune to where the mayor elect in Chicago came out and said, we just played the clip recently as a a mob surrounded and beat up a white woman. And and somebody put the caption over the video. Yeah, we got active. And what did the mayor elect in Chicago have to say? Well, you know, kids, kids do silly things. You know, my kid, my kid, you know, slides down the banister. Literally what he said. It's not racist if it's true. 
he went on to talk about how in this that um, he said he initially found himself rooting for the mob against the man, hoping they would hit him harder and kill him. I really wanted them to hurt this kid. I could taste it, he said. And then he realized that wasn't good for him. This is this is what human beings do who have good thoughts, You who, who are not have good thoughts, but normal human beings. God gave us the ability to have emotions. He gave us the ability to have anger and feelings, right? We're all, we're all sinful, right? We all sin and we all fall short of the glory of God. It's how we act upon that that sets us apart. And he catches himself in here and he says, you know, um, he goes on to say, the Antifa creep is a human being. Much as I despise what he says and does, much as I'm sure I'd hate him personally if I knew him, I shouldn't gloat over his suffering. I should be bothered by it. I should remember that somewhere somebody probably loves this kid and would be crushed if he was killed. This is somebody who's introspective about himself. Just like, just like he, he doesn't like, like when he, he, he comes out of a nine hour defamation, uh, case, nine hour deposition, and he talks about, he's upset at himself at how angry and the feelings of hatred that he had towards that attorney. Every good human being on this planet has those feelings at times. What separates us is whether or not we act on it. Do we, do we repent over it? Do we feel remorse for it? We've all acted poorly. You mean to tell me, uh, I want to see Nancy Pelosi's text messages of January 6th. I wanted to see the text messages of the person from Fox who released this. I want to see all the text messages of everybody in, in the mainstream media. Maybe that should be now a requirement for the job. You want to be a host of a national TV show? You got to have all your text messages released to the public so you can be evaluated. It, why are his personal private text messages being released? This is meant to not just destroy him, but it's meant to send a message to everybody else. Just like the Jan 6. It's all meant to chill. It's like a, it's one big group think of, of struggle session. Same people upset at him for this. What was, what was the, who was the person of color? Oh yeah, Maxine Waters. Who, right? Who stood in a, in a, gas station parking lot saying if you see them you surround them right you get in their face same trafficking in hate trafficking in hate is some somebody leaking the Dobbs decision so that they can unleash terror on Supreme Court justices let's talk about that the Democrat Party traffic in hate they traffic in persecution and if somebody's head gets cracked open by a cement milkshake from Antifa, they'll just pretend Antifa. Oh, that's that was just somebody. There's no what Antifa. What are you talking about? We know who traffics in hate, and it's the Democrats. Let's make sure we show up wherever we have to show up. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. Yeah. Leading into the election in 2016, and then we'll take a break and we'll go to Todd Benzman to talk about the border. 
leading into the election on 2016, for the first time, Donald Trump in his entire personal and professional life was being called a racist. And that if Donald Trump got elected, MAGA was about white supremacy. And if Donald Trump got elected, uh, nobody would be safe. No person of color would be safe in this country. Was any of that true? No. I went on KUSI on Sunday night after the election and I was asked about it. And I said, I have seen nothing that supports any allegations that MAGA is a white supremacy movement, that Trump is a white supremacist. I said, the only thing that I've seen, the only acts of violence I've seen was a white person dragged out of a truck and beaten. And they said they didn't want me back. You think I want to go back on KUSI? Please. The producer over there, a person of color, proceeded to blow up my phone and that of my press rep's phone with this story and that story and this story and that story. And you know what? It was hoax, 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 hoax. Which led up to the great hoax that was Jesse Smollett. We have a, we have a war on white people in this country. There I said it. We've got to start being be, being truthful and honest and speaking out against it. There, I said it. Going to take a break. We come back. Todd Benzman, be here to talk about the border. You know, the where KJP says the illegal crossings are down 90%. <laughs> Stay tuned. AK, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show, 888-344-1170. As I was uh, reviewing some things during the break in advance of bringing on Todd Benzman here in a moment, who is the journalist. There's a handful of people really reporting on the truth of what's happening at the border, and I'm honored to have uh, the numero uno uh, joining me in a moment. I have to get a giggle because I looked up, and there it is on CNN, New York City Mayor Adams. Just He's quite verklempt. Uh, that the Texas governor dares to send buses of illegal migrants to New York City. Joining me now to discuss the border crisis that's only going to get worse in a few days is Todd Benzman. And he is fellow at the Center for Immigration Studies and author of the book Overrun. And you can see him and his work pretty much everywhere. I think he's on War Room practically every day now, which is a very good thing. One of my favorite shows. Hey, Todd Benzman, welcome back to the Andrea K. Show. Hi, thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. Okay, so how dare that Governor Abbott be putting people on uh, these illegals on buses to New York? Well, that's so funny that he says that because... You know, I've spent a lot of time with uh, immigrants. I just uh, came back from uh, Juarez. I was there for four or five days on the other side there with the immigrants and down in Reynosa, Mexico. And the immigrants that I talked to are on their way to New York because they heard it was so great. They're giving them everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're well aware of the five-star hotels, uh, the all expenses, everything paid for as long as they need it, all food, clothing, uh, you know, you know me- medical treatment and all the rest, they, they don't need Greg Abbott to tell them where to go. Right. They want to go to New York because New York is giving them stuff. And it's that simple. That's how it works. 
Well, that's why they're all coming here in the first place. Speaking of Reynosa, uh, I saw, saw on your Twitter, and you guys, if you care about information on the border, you've got to follow Todd Benzman on Twitter. It's at Benzman Todd. 15,000 Haitian migrants waiting to come here? Yeah, this is just in one area, and I I, I, I wrote a, a big piece for the Federalist about uh, my experience in Reynosa last week because uh, the Haitians are different than the Venezuelans that you're seeing cross in huge numbers right now uh, that make them worth watching on May 13th. Uh, they are kind of like the bellwether because... When they get Title 42 back, that's the pandemic instant expulsion policy that's going away at midnight, May 11th. When they get Title 42, there's a pretty good chance that they'll be flown all the way back to Haiti. And for Venezuelans, when they get Title 42, they're just back in Mexico. They can try again and again. Uh, If you go all the way back to Haiti, you lost all the money you've spent so far to get there, plus... I mean, it's it's a terrible uh, outcome for the Haitians, so they are scared to death of Title 42. But when Title 42 goes away, the thing that is going to replace it uh, is, is far less um, scary, or should be far less scary to them uh, than Title 42. And that, that whole new replacement policy, the thing that is in place, is what I wrote about in that, that piece, because uh, what we want to know is whether the, the people like these Haitians are going to be let in. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's that simple. And my prediction is that they are going to be let in. Well, sure. I think that's the whole point of letting Title 42 expire, as well as sending 1,500 troops down to the border, because it's going to they they are anticipating what they want, which is, I mean, we're going into an election year. 2024 is heating up. They've got to get as many in as they as they possibly can, because this is just an expansion of the dependency state and and future decades of voting, um, you know, population for them. So, uh, you know, uh, that's what what I think um, that I think is pretty obvious. Well, you know, the the real objective of the of the new policy, the main objective is, do you remember the migrant camp, the Haitian migrant camp under the Del Rio Bridge uh, mm-hmm. September 2021. How yeah. Just horrible. What The optics of that were just terrible. Uh, and then just a few months ago, November, December, you know, you had all these thousands of immigrants wandering around the streets of El Paso in the cold, starting fires to warm themselves, sleeping on the streets. They had to bring them into airports to sleep on the floors. And those optics are worrisome for the Democrats that yeah. that that kind of optics will hurt them in the election. And so their entire policy, including bringing uh, troops down there, is all about uh, moving them quickly off the border and out from in front of TV cameras. Yeah, that, that's it. It's that simple. They just do not want Del Rio again. They don't want El Paso again. But guess what? They are filled to the brim already right now and we're 10 days out Mm. uh those street scenes that we saw in november in el paso are happening right now in el paso all over again everything is overflowed 
Uh, everything is collapsing. Everything that they're trying to do is already failing, and we're 10 days in. I mean, we're 10 days away from the end of Title 42. So you can imagine when those Haitians that I just talked about in that one city, 15,000 of them, when they add their bulk and yeah. weight to uh, the, the preparations that, they're, that the administration is trying to make, they're going to end up with Del Rio's and El Paso's all over again. The question is, how long will they stay there in public sight? How quickly can they move them in to America? Not stop and block or deter ever. No, that's ever. not. Yeah, never talk about that. Yeah. Um, it, it, I mean, the lying and the gaslighting from this administration, they made this big announcement of sending. We're talking to Todd Benzman of Center for Immigration Studies and author of the book. Let me make sure I get the title right. It's overrun. Yes. Yes, overrun. overrun. Everybody needs to read this. Um, it, it, you know, they make this big announcement that descending military, and immediately that's supposed to make people feel like, oh, they're going to be protecting us. No, that's they're just going down there. No, it's, no I mean, no. They're, they're just probably pulling a bunch of admin chiefs, you know, from all around the country to go down and help. They probably aren't even going to have bullets in their guns. I mean, that's that's the, you know, they're just going down there to help with administration, basically, and do crowd control and probably set up, you know, lines like Disney Disneyland has outside the major attractions, right? I mean, that's really what they're going there to do. And they had they have no desire to end this. I want you to listen to this clip that just astounded me and producer Noah today. It's Corrine Jean-Pierre answering Peter Ducey. God bless Peter Ducey. He's one of the few there that actually tries to hold anybody accountable. Trying to call her out on her saying, I don't know if you heard that she made a false claim that illegal immigration is down 90%. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen right. to this, clip four. Yesterday, that when it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down by more than 90%. Where did that number come from? It was, I was CBP speaking. is telling us the number I hear you. I'm about to answer. I'm about, I'm about to answer you. If you, if you, if the dramatics could come down just a little bit. Um, if the dramatics could come down a little bit. What's dramatic about asking a question about? Okay, I'm, I'm going to answer. So I was speaking to the parolee program. As you know, the president put in place a parolee program to deal with uh, to deal with certain countries uh, on on ways that we can limit illegal migration. And we have seen the data has shown us that it has gone down by more than 90 percent. Todd Benzman, what is she yammering about? She clearly said illegal immigration was down 90 percent. And now she's trying to backtrack over some parolee program on certain countries. Do you even know what okay, she's okay. yammering about? Yes, I, I, I do. You're going to have to follow me carefully here because okay. it's a little bit complicated. All right. So in January, the administration put together this scheme to, uh, in fact, I think the last time I was on your show, I talked about this, but the scheme is to require uh, four or five different big nationalities uh, that are coming in high volume to stay in Mexico and apply on a cell phone app for a yes. humanitarian permit, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. In order to keep them from those scenes I was telling you about. But remember, the only thing that matters, just keep this in the back of your mind all the time, Del Rio migrant camp, El Paso terrible scenes. They just want to avoid that. So the scheme was to make them uh, wait in Mexico, apply for these permits, and then walk across ports of entry, uh, in which case they, they get counted in a different way. They don't get counted as illegal entrance apprehensions. 
So that number of illegal apprehensions was, is the terrible number that everybody followed month after month after month. Every month it was a new round of terrible news and everything else. Um, so uh, it is true that those numbers fell for certain nationalities by 70, 80, 90, like the Haitians who were scared to death mm-hmm. of deportation. You know, the Haitian numbers fell probably 80 or 90 percent crossing illegally, but they increased 80 or 90 percent coming through the ports of entry. <laughs> they still all came in. So it's fuzzy it's, math. It's, it's Enron. It's Enron math. <laughs> it's, it's exactly. It's Enron math. It's, they're, they're just they're moving the chips all around so that and not they're not telling you the other part of it, that it fell 90 percent here, but increased 90 percent there. Gotcha. Right. So it's more Just like a three card Monty. It's like a three card Monty. They're moving. They're moving the cards around. Gotcha. Right. And they're they're counting on the American public to the, on the complexity of this, uh, so that when they say ninety percent, there's nobody around really with the expertise to like lay it out with the the nitty gritty details of how it's a lie, and they yeah. get away with it. It works. They're like we're they're taking victory laps. Uh, where they're showing one side of the coin, but hiding the other side of the coin that that negates the first side of the coin. And it's just completely dishonest. I mean, it's for those of us who are, you know, we do this for a living. I do. This is what I do uh, to listen to these people is just maddening. It's absolutely maddening. And I, I just know that the most of the people listening to this don't understand that. So they get away with it. Yeah, and what people should be able to understand is that we're $34 trillion in debt, and all these people get to come in here and break and enter into our home, our country. A large percentage of them, far larger than they're willing to admit, are cartel members, drug traffickers, sex traffickers. A little girl had a, had 67 DNA samples in her. That's how many times she was raped. This is not just some people, you know, the, we're not solving the great crisis of who's going to pick the strawberries issue here. We are bringing in the worst of the worst into this country, and at best case, millions and millions and millions of people who can't fend for themselves, who are going to be on the dole, and our government is incentivizing them to come here with five-star hotel rooms, free food, free college educations, and beyond, while the average American can't even afford to fill their gas tank right now. Right. Well, listen, the last uh, three or four days, I think since Saturday night, this um, poor Honduran family was massacred yes. in their home by a Mexican national who'd been deported five times. Uh, and what people don't realize uh, is that the place where they all lived is the largest illegal alien settlement in America. Wow. The media was covering this thing as like he had an AK or an AR-15 style semi-automatic rifle. This is a gun control thing. But but the broader story was that th- there is a massive no-go safe zone in Texas, in the heart of Texas. 75,000 illegal people living in this this area, in this shanty town of a community. Uh, and they are harbored there. 
ice will not go in there. This is like, this is, excuse me for interrupting, but this is just like the book While Europe Slept, where multiculturalism, it's so great, we're going to be so welcoming. Yeah, but but then what they do is they would, would bring all these particularly Muslims over in Europe and shove them to the outgoing areas, and then they set up their own little governments, and they become no-go zones, and it's just, you know, they, this is how you destroy a nation. Right. And, you know, it, it's very thinly patrolled out there in mm-hmm. Colony Ridge. By the way, I, not to, you know, I, the reason I recognized this is because I wrote an entire chapter of my book on that community. And when I saw Cleveland, Texas, I was like, that's where I stayed in my hotel for all my reporting oh, out wow. there. I knew exactly so knew. what was going on. And I published uh, an excerpt from the book to help people kind of understand. But but Andrew, to this day, I am the only one who has even noted that there is the, the largest colonia in America right there, and that's where it happened, and it's a no-go zone, thinly patrolled at best, no ICE, no federal agents, no immigration enforcement. That guy found safe harbor there. Yeah, took us day, safe harbor there, took us days to find him. Uh, gun control clearly isn't the answer. He's probably a cartel member. I thought maybe he was back down. I, I equated him well, to Lalo Salamanca from Better Call Saul. We're almost let out let of time. About that. Oh, okay. oh well, you know, can you hold over? We'll take a break. Then we're only going to have a couple minutes on the other side, and you can wrap us up, Todd Bensman. Okay. Thank you. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back continue our discussion with Todd Benzman. Only have a couple minutes left. What else uh, did you want to share with us about this colonia? Well, I was just going to point out that, you know, these Mexican cartels are in just about every state in America. And the the way that they infiltrate in is in these communities that grow up from illegal immigrants. They can hide there, and they were all over this colonia. I reported in the book, uh, citing local law enforcement, that uh, that they were setting up shop there. They had been there, drug trafficking and uh, human trafficking and smuggling and all the rest of that. And the 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 shooter who killed that family, massacred that poor family. It turns out I'm I'm the only one who's reported this. That in his back bedroom was a huge shrine to Santa Muerta, which is the death cult that is notorious. Uh, as a religion, as a mm. cult for cartel members and for members of the criminal underworld, they pray to these to these um, figurines and statues, and they they give um, you know pay homage and, and and offerings to protect their drug loads and to protect them against uh, arrest. And this guy had a very significant one in his master bedroom, and the candles were still burning. 48 hours after wow. uh, he murdered that family. And I just want to say that if, you know, when you allow uh, colonias like this uh, to, to uh, just, you know, be protected and protect the, their residents in there, you're protecting cartels yep. and guys like that. And I just find it that very problematic. Well, it is. Uh, and everybody needs to follow you on Twitter at Benzman Todd. Get the book overrun. Thank you for being here. And God bless you. Thank you so much for the work you're doing to report the truth about the border, Todd. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right. Hour two coming up. Don't you go anywhere. Stay with us. Come on. Come on.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.